Illumina Oncology Podcast brought to you by Medical Affairs. My name is Krishnan Khasi. I'm the Director for Colon Cancer Research uh, as well as uh, Liquid Biopsy Research uh, here at the Will Cornell Medicine in New York. Uh, I'll be talking primarily about liquid biopsy NGS in cancer care. What I wanted to highlight is the fact that uh, NGS is the way in terms of getting precision medicine for our patients uh, for whom advances are coming in subsets of subsets. However, uh, what is sobering to note is the fact that this is missed up to a third of the time. Uh, you can go back to your practice and look at how many times is an actual NGS completed, not necessarily ordered. And across multiple studies, multiple tumor types, this can range as high as up to a third of the patients. Uh, in this particular scenario, liquid biopsy, as in the context of circulating tumor DNA-based testing, can offer completion of genotyping for most of these patients uh, with advanced solid tumors. For example, in patients with colorectal cancer, uh, the key information that we need from NGS uh, is pretty much uh, available. Um, for example, in a 97-year-old lady with a right-sided cancer where MSI was detected in plasma, so was BRF, clones, as well as with her age, it's not surprising that we also picked up uh, a chip clone. So uh, we have to interpret these in context. Um, another case of a 44-year-old, good amount of shedding, and so it is KRAS G12D mutant uh, MSS and the relevant APC clone. Uh, in another uh, intriguing case, uh, we again picked up MSI high. In this case, it was more so of a germline uh, Lynch syndrome, as well as uh, a BRCA2, uh, which can be seen in up to 2 to 3% of the cases as a concomitant germline finding. VEF close to about 50% that should prompt the treating investigator or the physician uh, for germline findings. Uh, and then finally, just as another example, uh, just a couple of months ago, we have the first uh, FDA-approved anti-HER2 therapy uh, with tocatinib and trastuzumab. This is also a negative predictive marker of anti-GFR efficacy. So you can rely on this uh, to tell you as an informative negative that this uh, tumor type is extended RAF wild type. And why can we be confident about it is because you can see good adequate shedding with uh, APC up to 27% and TP3 up to 72% and the marked copy number of 21 uh, signifying 3 plus uh, HER2 aberration. So um, more importantly, also, as we're determining first-line therapy, especially in the context of, for example, uh, precision medicine-based therapies being approved in the first-line setting, for example, pembrolizumab, immunotherapy for MSI high tumors, Turnaround can be key, and um, uh, multiple studies have shown this can be up to three to four weeks, which sometimes does not allow for first-line therapies to be made. Um, and in the context of liquid, all these results were available to us within seven to eight uh, days. So essentially, what I wanted to highlight is the fact that, you know, in a third of the cases, tissue insufficiency uh, is a barrier that can be overcome, and this void can be filled by incorporating liquid biopsies uh, into standard of care testing. Some folks talk about uh, doing it concomitantly, which has been my practice, or plasma only, since if you already know the results from plasma, you can spare the additional tissue testing uh, in, in your clinic. Uh, what is further important of note is the fact that the turnaround time can be only seven to eight days, whereas in real world, this can take up to three to four weeks, and often finding out a month later that the tissue wasn't sufficient that's the worst thing that can happen from a clinical standpoint, um, especially if you're considering precision medicine-based therapies in the first-line setting. Uh, finally, from a clinical standpoint, you have to remember, uh, besides the assay, this is something that can be affected by tumor shed rate. 
the tumor type, the timing, as well as the clinical context. Uh, uh, and because it's a non-invasive, simple uh, phlebotomy blood draw, serial testing can pick up uh, the decline uh, as early as two to three weeks into therapy, which can be um, of a marker of a predictor of response uh, on imaging, uh, which is being looked at for multiple solid tumors. So an important application of liquid biopsy is the detection of minimal residual disease, or MRD. Can you comment on how it can benefit colorectal cancer patients? So minimal residual disease or molecular residual disease, uh, a term that we have borrowed from our uh, hematology colleagues, uh, refers to the application of using ctDNA-based uh, testing platforms uh, for looking at any leftover cancer in the body uh, from a simple blood draw after curative intent surgery or radiation or whatever systemic therapy. Uh, in the context of colorectal cancer, this is something that is uh, moving up the journey of a patient with cancer. Uh, and in stage two setting, uh, I would say there is expert consensus of utilizing uh, the circulating tumor DNA in a scenario where you weren't thinking of giving chemotherapy. However, if the assay comes back as positive, uh, consideration towards uh, eradicating the persistence of disease in this setting would be warranted. Uh, for stage three, this is a uh, perfect timing for a number of trials using tumor-informed as well as plasma-only assays that will inform us about the utility of using uh, ctDNA as a predictive biomarker uh, and not just um, in a prognostic uh, biomarker. Um, colorectal cancer with its high shed uh, is, is the poster child to study this further, and the application of this would be also relevant to other tumor types. Thank you for listening to this Illumina Oncology podcast brought to you by Medical Affairs.